Aunt Missy here again, and I'm here to get you out of the doom and gloom reports of everyday life by bringing a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, by dishing up some of my own real-life stories from behind my bifocals and adding uplifting and humorous stories from others. This week, Claire is up to her usual with telling us about a competition she entered in dancing. Then we'll remember important things in life. We'll discover the law of probabilities and that true love never dies. We'll have some fun sharing how children perceive their grandparents and finish off with a story about a car that was driven for 82 years. So, without further delay, let's get on with today's show. As usual, we're here to listen to Miss Clara and her venture or adventure into the dancing scene. I'm expecting that this will not be an ordinary dancing talk. So hang on to your seats and let's get Clara out and have her tell us about her adventure. It seems that everything you do, Clara, is an adventure. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and morning, Lizzie. Now, do you remember some time ago I mentioned in one of my tales that I was going to kick up my heels and break out of my old farm ways? I believe I do, Clara. Was that before or after you came off the farm? Well, that was before I came off the farm, Lizzie. And of course, my devoted Clem and I parted ways. Bless his dear soul. He's now known as my favorite husband. Well, my only husband. Well, better not get into that, so let's get into this story. First, I met this dude on a dating site, which, believe me, left a lot to be desired. Then I tried to be a biker mama, and now I want to tell you about how I became a famous or infamous dancer. Yeah, believe it or not. I just love to dance, and I was challenged by a dude, this is my now cool language, folks, to a dance competition. He claimed that he could outdance me. Why, Clara, I don't believe I've ever seen you dance, but I'm sure whatever you do in any category draws the people's eyes. The war was on. I just love challenges. The one thing, though, was I had to go to his area for this competition, which I must say is kind of distance from my hunting grounds, but far be it from me to chicken out. You are so brave. I don't think I'd travel a distance just to prove a point, but then that's what makes you so interesting. Well... Although he was the challenger and I was the challengee, you'd think he'd have come my way. So you're right. Actually, I thought he should because my way wouldn't have anyone knowing him when he lost badly. His way, I would claim victory in front of his friends. This old gal trouncing this hunk of a dude. <laughs> There's one thing about you, Clara. You sure don't lack confidence. Now, I gotta admit here, I'd never seen him dance, so I suppose I need all these groovy moves to try it out with me. My dancing shoes are all polished up, and I decided I'd wear my best coveralls for the occasion. I gotta tell ya, I look pretty hot in that fancy dance place. 
Why, all eyes were on me when I slid to the center of the floor. Although, I must confess, the sliding was almost done on my butt because they had put wax on the floor, supposedly to make the dancing easier. Well, it's been a long time since I've danced, Clara, but I do remember that wax stuff on the floor. You had to be so careful. Well, out came the dude with sparkles all over his dancing shoes, tight-fitting pair of jeans, and an open shirt showing his tanned, hair-covered chest. Hate to admit this, but I almost conceded it right there. Looked nothing like my Clem, and when I looked at the dude, I wondered, Clem who? Hey, you're free now to do anything you want. We started to this fast bait. My legs were flying every which way. I moved all over that dance floor to the music and the loud clapping of the audience. I had no idea where the heck he was. Seemed in my dancing he was just a blur. Then, folks, I couldn't believe it. Almost bashed into him. He was just standing there, shuffling slowly from foot to foot with body gyrations only. After ten fast ones, I just had to sit down, and he's still going. And this was supposed to be the contest? Yippers! He finally stopped when he saw me sit down and said he won. Hey, I rushed over there and said how the heck he figured that. He didn't outdance me at all. He said he was still standing, so he won. I said if I danced like him, why, I could have danced nonstop for three days. Holy cow, the nerve of him. Nerve? That's right, Lizzie. He shuddered to everyone that I was like a dancer on steroids. And who the heck could keep up with that? My goodness, imagine trying to convince folks I was on steroids. Sore loser, I'd say, accusing old lady of that. Well, I guess that's a guy for you. They don't like to be outdone by any woman. Well, I just had to let the crowd judge. So with a vote of shouts and hands, the decision was made and I walked away with the trophy. And I suppose he's still shuffling from side to side trying to figure out how the heck I won. I guess you've never heard from him since? <laughs> sucky like that anyway. Well, folks, you just have to stay tuned the next week when I blab about how I'm now cougar. What a great life, eh? Live life full out till you croak is my motto. See you next week. Bye. Sometimes we forget the really important things in life. Last week, I took my grandchildren to a restaurant. My six-year-old grandson asked if he could say grace. As we bowed our heads, he said, God is good. God is great. Thank you for the food. And I'd even thank you more if Nana gets us ice cream for dessert and liberty and justice for all. Amen. Along with the laughter from the other customers nearby, I heard a woman remark, That's what's wrong with this country. Kids today don't even know how to pray. Asking God for ice cream, why, I never. Hearing this, my grandson burst into tears and asked me, Did I do it wrong? Is God mad at me? As I held him and assured him that he had done a terrific job, and God was certainly not mad at him, 
an elderly gentleman approached the table. He winked at my grandson and said, I happen to know that God thought that was a great prayer. Really, my grandson asked, cross my heart, the man replied. Then, in a theatrical whisper, he added, indicating the woman whose remark had started this whole thing, too bad she never asked God for ice cream. A little ice cream is good for the soul sometimes. Naturally, I bought my grandchildren ice cream at the end of the meal. My grandson stared at his for a moment and then did something I will remember for the rest of my life. He picked up his Sunday and, without a word, walked over and placed it in front of the woman. With a big smile, he told her, Here, this is for you. Ice cream is good for the soul sometimes, and my soul is good already. Now here's one about probabilities. Law of mechanical repair. After your hands become coated with grease, your nose will begin to itch and you'll have to pee. Law of gravity. Any tool, nut, bolt, screw, when dropped, will roll to the least accessible place in the universe. Law of probability. The probability of being washed is directly proportional to the stupidity of your act. Variation law. If you change lanes, the one you were in will always move faster than the one you're in now. Law of the bath. When the body is fully immersed in water, the telephone rings. Law of close encounters. The probability of meeting someone you know increases dramatically when you're with someone you don't want to be seen with. Law of the result. When you try to prove to someone that a machine won't work, it will. Law of biomechanics. The severity of the itch is inversely proportional to the reach. Law of the theater and hockey arena. At any event, the people whose seats are furthest from the aisle always arrive last. They're the ones who leave their seats several times to go for food, beer, or the toilet, and who leave early before the end of the performance or the game is over. The folks in the aisle seats come early, never move once, have long gangly legs or big bellies, and stay to the bitter end of the performance. The aisle people also are very surly folk. The coffee law. As soon as you sit down to a cup of hot coffee, your boss will ask you to do something, which will last until the coffee is cold. Murphy's Law of Lockers. If there are only two people in a locker room, they will have adjacent lockers. Law of Physical Services. The chances of an open-faced jelly sandwich landing face down on the floor are directly correlated to the newness and cost of the carpet or rug. Law of Logical Argument. Anything is possible if you don't know what you're talking about. Law of physical appearance. If the clothes fit, they're ugly. Law of public speaking. A closed mouth gathers no feet. Law of commercial marketing strategy. As soon as you find a product that you really like, they'll stop making it or the store will stop selling it. Doctor's law. If you don't feel well, make an appointment to go to the doctor. By the time you get there, you'll feel better, but don't make an appointment and you'll stay sick. Ah, true love never dies. A Scottish woman goes to the local newspaper to see that the obituary for her recently deceased husband is published. The obit editor informs her there's a charge of 50 cents per word. She pauses, reflects, and then she says, well then, let it read, 
Angus McPherson died. Amused at the woman's thrift, the editor tells her that there's a seven-word minimum for all obituaries. She thinks it over and in a few seconds says, in that case, let it read, Angus McPherson died, golf clubs for sale. How children perceive their grandparents. She was in the bathroom putting on her makeup under the watchful eyes of her young granddaughter, as she'd done many times before. After she applied her lipstick and started to leave, the little one said, but grandma, you forgot to kiss the toilet paper goodbye. I'll probably never put on lipstick again without thinking about kissing the toilet paper goodbye. My young grandson called the other day to wish me happy birthday. He asked me how old I was and I told him, 80. My grandson was quiet for a moment and then he said, did you start at one? After putting her grandchildren to bed, a grandmother changed into old slacks and a droopy blouse and proceeded to wash her hair. As she heard the children getting more and more rambunctious, her patience grew thin. Finally, she threw a towel around her head and stormed into the room, putting them back to bed with stern warnings. As she left the room, she heard the three-year-old say with a trembling voice, who was that? A grandmother was telling her little granddaughter what her own childhood was like. We used to skate outside on a pond. I had a swing made from a tire. It hung from a tree in our front yard. We rode our pony. We picked wild raspberries in the woods. The little girl was wide-eyed, taking this all in. At last she said, I sure wish I'd gotten to know you sooner. My grandson was visiting one day when he asked, Grandma, do you know how you and God are alike? I mentally polished my halo and I said, No, how are we alike? You're both old, he replied. A little girl was diligently pounding away on her grandfather's word processor. She told him she was writing a story. What's it about, he asked. I don't know, she replied. I can't read. I didn't know if my granddaughter had learned her colors yet, so I decided to test her. I'd point out something and ask what color it was. She'd tell me and was always correct. It was fun for me, so I continued. At last, she headed for the door saying, Grandma. I think you should try to figure out some of these colors yourself. When my grandson Billy and I entered our vacation cabin, we kept the lights off until we were inside to keep from attracting pesky insects. Still, a few fireflies followed us in. Noticing before I did, Billy whispered, it's no use, Grandpa. Now the mosquitoes are coming after us with flashlights. When my grandson asked me how old I was, I teasingly replied, I'm not sure. Look in your underwear. Grandpa, he advised. Mine says I'm four to six. A second grader came home from school and said to her grandmother, Grandma, guess what? We learned how to make babies today. The grandmother, more than a little surprised, tried to keep her cool. That's interesting, she said. How do you make babies? It's simple, replied the girl. You just change the Y to I and add ES. Children's logic. Give me a sentence about a public servant, said a teacher. The small boy wrote. The fireman came down the ladder pregnant. The teacher took the lad aside to correct him. Don't you know what pregnant means, she asked. Sure, said the young boy confidently. It means carrying a child. Now a man owned and drove the same car for 82 years. They certainly don't make them like that anymore. 
Mr. Ellen Swift received this 1928 Rolls-Royce Piccadilly P1 Roadster from his father, brand new, as a graduation gift in 1928. He drove it up until his death at the age of 102. He was the oldest living owner of a car that was purchased new. It was donated to a museum after his death. It has 1,070,000 miles on it, still runs like a Swiss watch, dead silent at any speed, and is in perfect cosmetic condition, 82 years. That's approximately 13,048 miles per year, 1,087 per month. 1,070,000. That's miles, not kilometers. Just imagine 82 years of no car payments. That's best British engineering of a bygone era. I don't think they make them like that anymore. If you enjoy Life with Aunt Lizzie, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love to bring you these uplifting and fun pieces of humor and sometimes thought-provoking articles. And if you'd like to receive our Chatterbox News, where you'll find all kinds of fun things to bring a smile to your lips and a warmth to your heart, please visit www.lifewithauntlizzie.com and sign up for your free personal copy. Thank you for visiting with us this week, and we look forward to tickling your funny bone on further episodes. Meanwhile, take care, keep smiling, until the next